السلام عليكم ورحمة الله وبركاته برا هاي دون وعليكم السلام ورحمة الله وبركاته الحمد لله برا I'm good how are you الحمد لله برا الحمد لله listen if I was a viewer right now and I I saw the title I saw the thumbnail I wouldn't like what I'm seeing bro I really wouldn't yeah yeah honestly regardless, I... of, regardless of being a Muslim or even if I was a non-Muslim I still wouldn't like it bro yeah I was just about to add that 100 uh, it's just there's just something about you know just basic human instinct where you see something egregious you hear something egregious happening to other fellow human beings where your heart just feels for them it's not something you want them to go through and you develop you know care for those people uh, so to you know see the title people at least know it's going to be very interesting inshallah inshallah our right, bro so let's assume someone's coming here and they don't know who this jamaat guy is because yeah. i'll be honest with you bro and this is no low blow to the guy um i'm not trying to you know make fun of him right now yeah. but wallahi allah is my witness a week ago even like three four days ago bro, i don't know who this was i honestly didn't yeah, me like, too. billionaire investor net worth 1.24 billion dollars and i've never heard of him yeah. just goes to show you know either he hasn't done anything that you know would uh pique my interest or i'm just living under a rock bro but either way bro a lot of people don't know who he is so i'm gonna give a quick little introduction so his name is chamath uh he's donated about two hundred fifty thousand dollars to the biden victory fund um he also donated sixty to sixty six thousand dollars to the democratic national committee in the same year he also donated seven hundred and fifty thousand dollars to the uac U.S. Senate PAC in the same year as well. So just showing like how much power and influence he has. He's also uh, a part owner of the Golden State Warriors. So that's a, an NBA basketball team, San Francisco. And this is this is what he said in an interview, bro. Before I play this, just is there anything on your mind, bro? Let's go in. All right. All right. So, bro, just uh, give me one minute while I pull this up. Yeah. And uh, just talk to the viewers, bro. No worries, inshallah. <clears throat> Brothers and sisters, may Allah bless you all dearly. Allahumma ameen. Um, this Chamath guy, a little bit more about him. He's a Sri Lankan uh, refugee. He actually grew up in Canada, in Ottawa. Uh, and he moved to America. You're going to hear a little bit more about him um, probably after we watch the video and, and talk about him and just the irony of what he says and how it's ironic on many, many, many levels. Uh, so I hope you guys are excited for that, inshallah, and to be able you know, to learn with us and to grow with us, um, to be better people, inshallah, and to inspire others to be better, inshallah. Wa alaikum salam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Sabr may Allah bless you immensely. Allahumma amin. And you know, when you think about the Uyghur crisis, you, I think the last thing you think about is, you know, the statements he would make, especially for all of society. And I, I think, you know, it shows a level of, of self-righteousness, of, of, you know, narcissism even on mm. his part. 
وعليكم السلام ورحمة الله الصبر وعليكم السلام All right, 36 viewers, bro. Rami, before we play this video right now, quick disclaimer, it might be a little disturbing to a lot of you. Um, if you are a Uyghur, you are deeply affected by this crisis, or if you are just just a normal human being, just, just a quick little disclaimer that this might not be something that will make you feel nice and warm on a Friday right before Juma. So just a quick disclaimer for that. But uh, yeah, let's just play it on, bro. All right, Bismillah. Bismillah. Let's be honest. Nobody cares about what's happening to the Uyghurs. Okay, you you bring it up because you really what? care, and I think what that's nice that cares? you care. The rest of us don't care. I'm just well, telling really you a very care? hard. Wait, wait, I'm you're telling you, you personally don't care. I'm telling you a very hard, ugly truth. Okay, of all the things that I care about, yes, it is below my line. Well, we. I think people, if you if you explain to them what's happening to the Uyghurs in China, they care, but it's not top of mind for them. That's not what's caring. top of mind right now. Is they go to the grocery store and and the shelves are empty. Sure, that I care yeah. about. Yeah. I, I care about the fact that our economy could turn on a dime if China invades Taiwan. I care about that. I care about climate change. You know, I care about a bunch of, I care about America's crippling and, you know, decrepit in healthcare infrastructure. But if you're asking me, that, do I care about a segment of a class of people in another country? Not until we can take care of ourselves will I prioritize them over us. And I think a lot of people believe that. And I'm sorry if that's a hard truth to hear. But every time I, I say that I care about the Uyghurs, I'm really just lying if I don't really care. And so I'd rather not lie to you and tell you the truth. It's not a priority for me. And my response to that is, I think it's a sad state of affairs when human rights as a concept globally, you know, falls beneath, you know, tactical and strategic issues that we have to have. We need That's to have another a luxury belief. That's another luxury belief. I don't believe believing in the, the human declaration of human rights that Eleanor Roosevelt it's created with the United belief. Nations. I don't think it's a luxury belief to believe that all humans should have a basic set of human rights. I think that it's a luxury belief. Right. And the reason it. I think it's a luxury belief is we don't do enough domestically to actually express that view in real tangible ways. So until we actually clean up our own house, the idea that we step outside of our borders with, you know, with with us sort of like morally virtue signaling about somebody else's human rights track record is deplorable. Look at the number of black and far brown men deplorable. that are- Far from deplorable. Look at the number of black and brown men that are incarcerated for, for absolutely ridiculous crimes. I don't know if you saw this past week, but there was a person that was released from jail because he couldn't even be protected in jail because in some of these cells, they run these fight clubs inside of Rikers Island that are basically tacitly endorsed by the corrections officers that don't do anything. And the difference- So hold on, Jason. So if you want to talk about the human rights of people, I think we have a responsibility to take care of our own backyard first, first. And then we can go and basically morally tell other people how they should be running their own countries. The difference is, Chamath, Saying what you just said in China or Saudi Arabia would put you in jail and get you 100 lashes and you would be tortured for a decade. We here in the United States are far from perfect. We still have the death penalty, which is against the United Declaration of Human Rights, which we signed, which Eleanor Roosevelt created in the UN. And we propagated as Americans around the world. We started that, Chamath. And we can have these discussions about being better in this country. And the whataboutism that you're proposing is so. Um, disproportional to the equivalent of the Holocaust going on. We're talking about a million Uyghurs in concentration camps right now. To talk about what we have here that we need to fix and compare it to that or to Saudi Arabia whipping bloggers and throwing gay people off roofs for being gay, the, these two things are not morally comparable. 
they are very far. And we need to have open discussions and talk about human rights all the time. Because if we do not talk about it all the time, then your position, which is, I don't have time for that, I want to solve my problems, then gives the green light to dictators everywhere that nobody's watching. That's we need not to true. have vigilance. And, that, and that's what I find. And I, I think we wait, need wait, to wait, work hold on, on a second. your that, position. That, that's not what I said. And that's not true. You said you can't get up for it. Yeah. So tell me how, problem. Are, you, are you saying that the, the situation with the Uyghurs uh, is the same as the Holocaust? People who are Jewish are making that comparison. You never no, no, make no, a Holocaust I'm ask, comparison. I'm asking you, I think it is speaking, comparable. There are uh, upwards of a million people in a concentration camp right now. This is getting to numbers that are actually comparable. It is actually a valid comparison. You're saying there are a million people in a concentration camp? Th that is the numbers that human rights organizations are saying. Between 300,000 and a million people are incarcerated right now, being tortured, raped, and in doing forced sterilization, re-education, and when they're released, are being tracked in ghettos. And so are Jewish you saying people the entire are bringing world, this up? Hold on. Are you saying the entire You're saying the entire world has basically decided that that doesn't matter? You just said you can't get up for it. I'm talking about you specifically. Cool, but who is bestie. getting up? Well, who is getting up for it? I am very up on it. I talk about it all the time, okay. every week. What about the U.S. government? What are they doing about it? The Biden just said we are going to do a ban and we are going to uh, sanction companies that do business in that region. So Apple and and uh, Tesla. I think there will be increased pressure on all companies that are engaging in China over well, human it's, rights. It's, it's goods that are sourced from those areas, right? Correct. Yes. It's and not I doing business there. It's, it's it's if your supply chain comes from that area. Correct. Then and it's a first. It's so a first kind of step. like we won't we won't buy Nazi goods, but we're, we'll sell our iPhones into Nazi Germany. <laughs> Well, if you want to have a discussion about this, you know, it's how do we disengage from China? We've had this discussion here. How, what amount of time will it take to disengage from countries that have brutal dictatorships that are committing human rights atrocities? But again, my, look, look I, I think I'm spending a lot of time and money actually trying to fortify America's supply chain. You guys know about some of the things that I'm Absolutely, doing. Absolutely. It's I'm fantastic. Not, I'm, I'm not doing that from a moral perspective. I'm doing that from a practical capitalist perspective. I Brother, that's a lot, bro. That's a lot. Listen, before we before we carry on, a lot of new viewers right now. We got ninety seven viewers right now. Just for all of you for tuning in on this beautiful Friday. Smash that like button, bro. If you, if we got ninety seven viewers, we gotta have ninety seven likes minimum. I think there's like fifteen or twenty. Like, what is this? Come on, smash the like button. No, we don't have time right now because we're gonna go in. So I'm not gonna link it in the description. Maybe we'll do it later, inshallah. But check out our episode with brother Arsalan Hidayat on the Uyghur crisis. Uh, just type up the three Muslims Uyghur. You'll see that um, YT has been notorious for shadow banning that video. What's new? But please make sure you watch that. Share with everyone you can find. All right. Now, uh, one pin comment. Uh, this is sticking. Yeah, exactly. Uh, okay. So for a lot of people that don't know who this Jamaat brother is, he is uh, someone who is a billionaire investor. Right. He was uh, one of the main major initial investors in Facebook and uh i think zoom and a, a lot of other things so he knows what he's doing with with the money um this is what he said this is what's been done in the in the podcast that he has talking about the uyghurs and then 24 hours later on twitter this is what he tweeted i'm re-listening to this week's podcast i recognize that i came across as lacking empathy mashallah bro so so he has that awareness i acknowledge that entirely as a refugee First of all, he wrote refuge, not even refugee, but okay. My family fled a country with its own set of human rights issues. 
So this is something that is very much a part of my lived experience. To be clear, my belief is that human rights matter, whether in China, the United States, or elsewhere. Full stop. My man actually wrote full stop, but <laughs> this seems like a, a pretty much canned, prepared answer that you see in like a lot of these, you know, how to how to deal with, you know, backlash, how to do damage control. He just, you know, uttered some words. But Rami, bro, before you go in, I just want to say something right now. <clears throat> Jamad, bro, you're saying that we as Americans, we got to get our act straight in our own backyard before worrying about something else. So what is this whole war that's been going on with the Middle East? Like, I want you to explain this because they have this idea that we need to liberate and, and modernize and save all these all these Muslims that are just, you know, sick and, and barbaric and, and, you know, misled. So you're not you don't mind going over to your neighbor's house for that regard, which there's no enemy, by the way. But then when you look at China, it's like, oh, OK, why are we doing why should why are we worrying about that? Like. Bro, the cognitive dissonance. Come on, man. Just just say you're you you hate Muslims, bro. Like, isn't that much easier? Yeah, and it it is very hypocritical because everywhere you look on the earth, the the people who are who are really really suffering. And I'm not saying people, you know, there are there are non-Muslims, uh, and and none of them are suffering. I'm not saying that there are non-Muslims who suffer. But if you look at the vast majority of of suffrage, I would say in the world, a lot of it has happened to Muslims in Muslim countries or Muslim minorities. In non-Muslim countries, look at Bosnia, what's happening there. Look at, uh, you know, the Uyghurs, what's happening there. Look at Palestinians, and obviously there are Christians there as well. Uh, look at the Palestinians and what's happening to them in Israel. Uh, it's, it's, it's very, very funny when people try and pit this uh, as not being uh, a, a religion issue or, uh, you know, an issue of beliefs and an issue of, you know, intolerance. So just to talk about what he said, and I'll talk about his tweet later, inshallah, and and how sad that is. But to talk about the actual video and the statements he made, um, if you as an individual, uh, Shamath, want to talk about how you don't care about the Uyghurs and how you don't care about what's going on, that's fine. We're not going to like it, but that's your own personal view. And, you know, it's for you to have and for us to dislike. But for you to put it on everyone and open up the entire discussion by saying no one cares about the Uyghurs, uh, Exactly who the heck are you to say that about everyone? If you look up a Uyghur petition, you'll find there's a one single petition. I'm looking at just one has over 2 million signatures. Imagine the other petitions. Imagine the petitions that aren't online. Imagine the people who didn't sign petitions but are doing active work like the, the host of that podcast who says, or maybe he's a guest as well, who says he, he talks about it every single week. What about the Uyghur activists that talk about it every single week? What about all the videos and, and the podcast episodes that have been made about it? And all the awareness, awareness that has been spread about it. I don't think it's within your hands uh, to say that no one cares about it. I think that is a very audacious thing. And you cannot afford that kind of audacity, to be completely honest. Um, so that's clearly not true. The next thing he said is, it's below my line. Now, this I find particularly troublesome. Because he literally just seems to be a liberalist, a secular liberalist a pure capitalist. And by the way, pure, just a side note, pure capitalism is something only like the 1% are really going to fight for. Because pure capitalism is that 1% should live in pure bliss and everyone else should basically live in poverty. But since everyone knows that majority is not going to accept that, instead of making it so clear cut, they make it a little less disproportional. 
they make it a little easier. They make it social friendly. And we literally borrowed from socialists by having social friendly markets as well. But that's aside the point. Him saying it's below my line. Just think about it. If, you know, standards and st standard and basic human rights are below your, below your line, then do you even have a line at all? If basic human rights are below your line, then where is your line? It has to be non-existent. Because human rights is, is basically the very foundational level of humanity. It's been lawful that every single human being has fundamental rights. But it's a luxury belief, in your opinion, to have that. Well, it wasn't according to the nearly 200 nations that signed the United uh, Nations Declaration of Human Rights, uh, which I'm just going to read a few of these off here. Um, Article 1 says, All human beings are born free and equal in dignity and rights. They are endowed with reason and conscience, and we should act toward one another in the spirit of brotherhood. Um, that's one right. Another right is everyone's entitled to all the rights and freedoms set forth in this declaration. Article 3 is everyone has a right to life, liberty, and security of person. Article 5, no one shall be subjected to... I'm not going to say these words, but, you know, bad things, inhumane and, and bad treatment or, you know, punishment or any of any kind. Mm -hmm. And Article 6, everyone has a right to recognition everywhere as a person before the law. And very funny enough, I would, I would say one of the first people, one of the first nations to sign this on June 26, 1945, was the Republic of China. Say that one more time, bro. Say that one more time for people that weren't listening. The first, one of the first nations to sign and ratify the United Nations Declaration of Human Rights was the Republic of China, known today as People's Republic of China. Insane, bro. Insane. They were the first people to sign it. And now they're the, they're the, the, one of the only people that, you know, I'm aware of that are completely going back on that completely ignoring mm. that and committing all these atrocities no there's 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 a lot bro there's there's israel there's there's there's, there's a lot but china like what they're doing bro it's it's unparalleled uh abdul malik bro shout out to you for becoming a youtube member he writes did that guy really say or try to say it's not like the holocaust he's using the fact that holocaust has emotional connotations to it to try to make it seem wrong to compare the two pathetic 100 percent, 100 percent. like bro yeah. 100%, especially as a, as a non-Jewish person. Yeah. Like, why is he offended about it? If that, Jews are I don't, making I don't get it, bro. Exactly. Also, writes, we need to firmly hold on to the rope of Allah, like really strong and urgently. This tidal wave of hatred is coming for all of us. Let us be united, be it in Allah. I mean, I mean, I mean. I mean. Malik writes, they have a straight face and are laughing about it now. What are they going to do when they meet Allah in such a state? Bro, here's the thing, bro. Imagine knowing about Allah. And then, you know, saying all this and then, you know, meeting Allah and whatever. That's that's yeah. one level of sadness that, you know, Alhamdulillah that we're not in that. Everyone watching, inshallah. But to take it a step further and not even know about Allah, not even know about your creator. Let's say you're an atheist. You're only concerned with the dunya. You think you're like Firon. You're going to leave the world with all this, all these riches, bro. And just imagine, bro, when you don't. That's going to be the biggest slap in the face, bro. Yeah, yeah, 100%. May Allah protect us. And again, may Allah grant us good deaths. Allahumma mm -hmm. ameen. Um, subhanAllah. Before we uh, 
we go on if we're going to watch the rest of that, if there is more. What I do want to add is uh, just a few more points about what he made. Um, it's just, I, write, I find it really funny that he's speaking a lot about um, not caring. And then he describes uh, what he even says to be not prioritizing. And this, this is the ironic part. No one's asking you to prioritize other people over yourself. We know that's like that's forbidden in your self-righteous liberalism. And we know that all you really practice is to put your own personal pleasure above everything else, uh, including your morality and other people's well-being. That's literally, literally what liberalism would stand for. Um, the Prophet, he says something very beautiful in the hadith. He says, whosoever of you sees an evil action, let him change it with his hand. If he's not able to, then, then with his tongue. And if he's not able to, then with his heart. At least hate it in your heart. And that's the weakest of faith. So we're not asking you to be the next like Salah al-Din, to be you know, the strongest individual in the world and to stand up against this in a way where you go and you fight with your own two hands and, and uh, all your resources. We're not. We're just asking you to care. We're asking you to Feel something for these innocent people. Just feel something and express that feeling. Or at the very least, don't say that you don't care. At the very least, don't act like no one cares. Don't belittle the issue and trying to say it's not like what happened in the 1940s in Germany. Bro, what do you say to people that are saying, bro, what if no one cares? Because I see a lot of people in the in the hate comments in that video saying, bro, he's right. Finally, you know, he's speaking out and no one cares. What do you say to that, bro? Uh, I would say that, again, you guys fall into the same idiotic way of thinking as him. The same self-righteous and, and um, narcissistic way of thinking that he uh, has demonstrated. And it's, it's clearly not true that nobody cares. It's actually very true that many people care. Uh, just because you aren't one of them and your immediate friends don't get together and talk about it, doesn't mean they don't care. Because what is care? There's two types of care. There's caring for and caring about. I mean, maybe no one's caring for them, meaning no one's taking care of them, clearly. But that doesn't mean we shouldn't. We're asking you to at least care about them so we can get to a state where we start caring for them. We're not asking people to, to go and, and use their own resources to, to stop what's happening. At this point in time, we're mainly asking people with no power but with a voice to speak up and to express your care and for you to say you don't care about what's happening just imagine if that was your family just imagine if that was you just go read the reports about what's happening there because when we say these heinous things are happening we don't just mean like you know they're getting a little slap on the wrist or something or they're just like they're not allowed to pray in public or something it is many times more severe than that so for the people that say no one cares again uh, who the heck are you to say that about everyone? And uh, on top of that, for you not to care, I would say that's your own problem and you can't stand for what your nation claims to stand for. Uh, again, that's a you problem, something you have to fix. Um, uh, something else I want to add is that he's demonstrated that he doesn't even hate what's, happen what's happening to them. Um, he doesn't hate it. And on top of that, uh, he's again projecting his view onto everyone else. And I just want to touch on a point you mentioned before. If America is so willing to invade Muslim countries in the name of democracy, liberalism, and freedom, then why don't they have that same level of moral standing when it comes to, like, Israel, North Korea, China, 
Why didn't they have that kind of standing? America finally left Afghanistan after 20 years of being there, five months ago. They finally tucked tail and run five months ago. And while that was happening, while they were fleeing Afghanistan, this was still happening in China to the Uyghur Muslims. So you can't have the cake and eat it. You can't invade Muslim countries in the name of freedom, liberalism, democracy. Not do the same thing when it comes to the Communist Party in China, which is what they're called. Hmm. Share some numbers, bro. I know you have, uh, there's a petition done, right? And, uh, you know, I was seeing some of the notes, so go into that, bro. And and do so, do do I said there's you you had in the notes there was like a petition and all the people yeah. and the numbers bro go into that because we're not gonna play the rest of the video it's it's merely them just dismissing it and kind of being like bro is it really even there like and I've seen a lot of videos about people saying I need to see it to know it's there yeah. it's, it's idiotic bro but yeah. well, go on bro yeah one hundred percent so I, I referenced this before and I'll reference it again there's a petition called stand up for the Uyghur Muslims in China. Uh, they, their goal is to get to 3 million, 3 million signatures. And at the time of, of you know, taking this picture yesterday, last night, it was at 2,026,423 signatures. This is just one petition on one website of people who care to sign petitions, um, not necessarily just people who care about them, because there are many people who care about them that did not sign the petition. Mm -hmm. uh, I don't even know if I've signed it personally, but clearly I'm sitting here and you know, raising awareness for them. Um, so, or maybe I sound a long time ago, Allahu Adam. But regardless, it's um, it's very clear that people do care, and it's again not within anyone's right to say no one does, especially after so many people have expressed care um, for them. So, he also says the reason I think it's a luxury belief is because we don't do enough domestically to express that view. So since we don't do enough to express a certain moral view. We can't have that moral view. So if taking someone's car and driving 20 miles, ditching it and running away is something you're against, if you can't stop that from happening 100% of the time, then you have no right to have that moral standing. Is that what you're claiming? That all your moral views that you cannot fully 100% um, adopt, implement and stop uh, you know, against happening to the rest of the world are nothing, if that's truly what you believe. <clears throat> um, and then he says, he basically, after talking about wrongful convictions, he, talk, like, he talks about miscarriages of justice and everything uh, in the United States judicial system. And he says, if you want to talk about human rights of people, I think we have a responsibility to take care of our own backyard first, and then we can go and tell other people how they should morally be running their countries. Now, why can't you have both? Why can't you condemn and hate an ethnic cleansing while fixing your own judicial system? Mm -hmm. One immorally run prison, I don't know if we got to this point in the, in the video where he mentions it, but one immorally run prison in the US, mm. should that really take our attention away from an ethnic cleansing in another country? Mm. That's very disproportionate. <clears throat> and um, after mm. the host compared the genocide in China to the Holocaust, at, honestly, at that point, I see it's, it's basically over. His responses after that, it's basically done. Because after that, all he does is throw up red herrings, which is red herrings like a stinky fish that you wave in the path of running dogs to get them to go elsewhere. He's trying to mislead the conversation elsewhere. Um, he also brings up straw man arguments, which is trying to misrepresent the points to make them sound dumb. 
um, which the, the host of the other uh, guests did an amazing job of counteracting these very stupid um, fallacies. I just wish she pointed them out directly so people could see more clearly for those who don't you know, recognize you know, these, these fallacies that people use. Um, but yeah, you can basically see it's over because he begins to straw man, throw red herrings, and not being able to, you know, to defend his position, he asks, are you comparing it to the Holocaust? As if 300,000 to a million people in these camps is not bad enough. As if people being, you know, treated heinously, even if it's 20 people, as if that's not bad enough. And imagine like first year world war, what the numbers were. Imagine six months of the world war, what the numbers were. You know, a lot of people denied it for a very long time. And America only got involved after uh, Pearl Harbor was attacked. Uh, that's the only time they got involved after being attacked, uh, basically themselves. So, ooh, hypocritical. bro, that is facts. Read that, bro. The reason Chamath said <clears throat> this is because he's a well-known stock trader, and we need to maintain free trade with China for stocks and economy to do well. One hundred percent. And this is something that he alluded to towards the end. That you know, the whole app, like you know, Apple makes their products in China. Should we stop? You know, uh, completely cut trade with China and stop selling iPhones, stop having iPhones and all these different things. And it's like, <clears throat> if you cannot bring yourself to fully economically sanction China, that doesn't mean that you can't still put stress on them. And if your country is too unstable, weak and reliant on China to make a difference, then at least stand against it and urge other countries to stand against China. If they end up doing an economic sanction against us, then you know both are going to suffer. Um, and then maybe that would actually eventually lead to some kind of change in the future. Mm. So um, final few points here. Uh, he says, but who is standing up for it? As if he can't speak up for himself and he needs other people and politicians and certain governments to speak up on an issue before he can even acknowledge it. When they have demonstrated in the past that they are not always willing to get involved because of their own uh, selfishness, essentially. Look to World War II, you will see that. How did it get to the point where 6 million innocent Jews were, were, you know, without using gruesome terms, treated that way? And that's a very, like, very super light term to use, uh, treated mm. that way. Obviously, I'm sad that I have to use that kind of... Um, yeah, 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 bro, and it's, it's to add on to your point, bro, just look at what he's saying. Like, all the things I've done, look at all the things I've started, all the, all the organizations, all that. And then he says, I didn't do it for morality. I did it for, for capitalistic gains. Yeah. Like you're telling on yourself, bro. Yeah. Like you want to keep that in the business world. I get it, bro. Cause you need some level of self-interest and disagreeability to success in business. Yeah. But when it comes to the world and what really matters, bro, you can't be applying that and be like, okay, if I don't make money on this, if I don't get clout on this, then I'm not going to talk about it, bro. We could literally be like, yo, we, and by the way, guys, I just want everyone to know that we've been speaking about the Uyghur, uh, you know, crisis in all the episodes. I think when we had like two or three K subs, bro. Yeah. And I could be like, oh, I'm going to wait till I have 100K to talk about it. Because, you know, because again, some might argue that we only got like a thousand views at that time. Like, that's not even that much. But we don't care about that. We don't care about views or anything like that. Yeah. I'm still going to, you know, after this video is done processing, link it in the description of this video. <clears throat> if we had 100K, if we had one mil, alhamdulillah, bro, we'll, we'll get more viewers. But even if we don't, even if we inspire one person to just learn about it, study it, talk about it put something on your story like yeah. we've done our job yeah. and we can't give up until everyone around you is aware of this issue like so i don't have you know white people african-americans asians muslims non-muslims everyone around me they know about this issue 
and you're out here saying that you're really saying a like everyone knows about it but they're doing nothing like bro it's sad but it's true yeah yeah 100 percent, 100 percent. and you know what's what's very funny is usually chamath would be a person to you know stand for something like that if you go to a website called a uh, social capital a company also called social capital if you go to the website uh, you'll see on it it says at the, at the very top the very front of the page is our mission is to advance humanity by solving the world's hardest problems and if you go to who the founder and ceo of social capital is you'll see mr chamath himself is the founder of this this business which is claiming that their mission is to advance human society by solving the world's hardest problems why are you not willing to solve the hardest problem of you know let's say ethnic cleansing racism discrimination against you know certain people certain beliefs certain color so on and so forth no, i don't get it bro i really don't and it's almost like you saying you're a refugee bro you saying you're you've left and he's a sri lankan by the way and you saying i've i've had my own human rights you know issues and this is a part of my lived experiences and then you come to the west you find the american dream you know how to make money you get to the top and all of a sudden YOLO, whatever happens to those people, it's on them. They can save yeah. themselves, just like I had to save myself. What kind of mentality is that, bro? Yeah, it's very, very, very hypocritical. And it's, this is why I wanted to save the tweet for, for the end, because it, it's so, it, it, it's very funny, to be completely honest. Uh, and who helps fund him think about it? America, bro. Yeah, yeah. So shameful how the Muslim world leaders are sitting silent. SubhanAllah, there will be a question for this. It's beyond appalling. Well, 100%. Allahu um, Alam. What will happen them on the Day of Judgment? I'm happy that I'm not them, alhamdulillah. Uh, mm-hmm. And may Allah hold them all accountable. But mm-hmm. if you look at that tweet, him really just saying, uh, like he's waffling, to be honest. He's saying a lot, but meaning nothing. Because all he's showing is that he's a hypocrite. That he is claiming to go through something similar to what they're going through because he had his own human rights issues he struggled with as a kid. And he was fortunate enough to find refuge. He's fortunate enough to get away from that. What about the Muslim Uyghurs who can't? Why don't you have the same level of empathy for them that you had? You have clearly for yourself. You're the young version of you, uh, you know, finding refuge in Canada or mm-hmm. fleeing from Sri Lanka. Why can't you have that same level of empathy and care that you have for yourself for the Uyghur Muslims? It's very hypocritical. Bro, I agree. When I was doing a little bit of research into him, I live in Waterloo right now, which is a city in Canada. And subhanAllah, this man went to the University of Waterloo, bro. SubhanAllah. Like, just hearing that, I'm just like, bro, I got to move out now. (laughs) Abdul Malik, I don't know if it's still Asr where you're at or not. But make dua for them on the last hour of Friday, last hour of the night. And all the times mentioned the sunnah, inshallah. We Muslims need to learn our deen, stop sins, and hope will come, inshallah, inshallah, bro. Jazakallah for the support. And it is not Asr, it's still Dhuhr right now. Uh, we got Jum'ah after this. Jazakallah yeah. for the reminder, may Allah elevate you. Allahumma ameen. Ameen, ameen, ameen. Yeah, so I know I spoke a lot. I want to give the mic to you if you have anything to add before I uh, keep going here. No, bro, I think you're on a roll, and there's more points that should be discussed. I have one that I'll save till the, till the end, but go in, bismillah. Yeah. So I just want to also comment on something you mentioned before about um, his basically his capitalism, that he does it for capitalistic gains for uh, America's economy and all of that. And 
it's very distasteful, honestly. It's very distasteful, I think, for a lot of people to hear that the reason... Because he's a person who, you know, has had articles written about him on how he claims to want to help the 99%. He's, you know, definitely within the 1%. Definitely within the 1%. Uh, and he wants to help the 99%. That's what he claims. And now everything he does to help the 99%, he's only doing it for economic reasons. He's not doing it because he cares. He's only doing it for capitalism, the sake of capitalism. And why are people so attached to, to this capitalistic view? Because what does it say? What does it claim? It claims that there should be a 1% of people who thrive and everyone else should not thrive as much. And now we see it as fair because we live in this kind of society. Hmm. But is that what's morally right? This is the problem when, when men try to govern themselves. They have bias. They have love for money. They have limited information. And the people at the top are going to stay at the top. They're going to want it to be that way. But could we not produce a, a society or a way of living or an ideology that's a little more fair? And I'm not saying socialism. I'm not a socialist. I'm a Muslim. And Islam has its own political theory, economy, ideology, and all of that, um, social theory and, and everything. So let's escape from this capitalistic lifestyle because honestly, it's very self-conceited. It's very selfish. And it has the majority of people suffering. If you look at the middle class in Canada, it's being wiped out as we speak. House, housing prices are going up. Everything's going up. Actually, inflation is affecting everything. You know, bro, imagine $50 worth of groceries like a decade ago compared to now. You can get like some eggs, some bread, some bananas, some milk, a few apples, and like maybe some oil to, to, to make whatever you want to make the bread that you can't afford in the future. <laughs> and like literally that's $50 right there. Housing prices going up. Most people are mm. suffering, man. No one's talking about inflation, bro. Subhanallah. And by the way, guys, just like we do at the end of uh, you know, the last few minutes of an episode, we've just opened it up to subscribers only for the member chat. So it's not gonna be members only. So please feel free to do your thing now. And for next episode, just for future reference, um, anytime we do topics like this, anytime it's important, uh, and you guys want to spell, you know, help the cause, let's say you don't have money. Because we, we're going to try to include, uh, you know, multiple charities in the description. But let's say you don't have money to donate. Donating to us is already, I'm already telling you, like, we have plans to build a masjid and these things are going to happen. Inshallah, this year, too. Uh, I don't want to make any promises, but we'd rather, you know, show our effort than just speak on it. But donate to charities. And if you don't have, you know, money and, and, and provisioning to donate to charities, make sure you do your part by just liking a video and sharing. Because you have no idea how many people would benefit from this and maybe they'll take action. Maybe they could be the next person that makes that, you know, impact in their community. SubhanAllah. Brother Ismail writes, so where is the president of Imran Khan speaking Chinese? Yeah, Muslim leaders need to stop. Yeah, 100%, bro, 100%. This, and, and also a lot of people say, uh, what is this country doing? What is that country doing? I'm not going to name any names, but aren't they Muslim countries? Bro, there's no Muslim country today. There's Muslim majority countries. But Muslim majority countries are not doing anything because they're from the majority of the West in terms of mindset, which means they're only, you know, worried about, you know, money. They're only worried about material gains, power, control, that type of stuff. They don't really care about the Sharia and, and Allah's, you know, divine revelation. They don't care about any of that. So 
I get it. Like a lot of people are saying, yo, what are all these, you know, Muslim countries doing? What are these leaders doing? It's a sad state of reality, bro. But it's, I know we don't expect it. It's not how it should be, but this is the way it is. Um, Brother Ismail also wrote that the Muslims need to get there. You know, we need to start, stop sinning. And I think it was him or it was Abdul Malik. And he's right, bro. Because if Muslims, if we get our act together and we make dua, bro, don't think that Allah is not going to answer our duas. Yeah, yeah, 100%. And um, the Prophet, he said, when he was asked you know, uh, by a person, by a Sahabi, should I tie my camel or should I trust in Allah? Because he kind of saw it as a contradiction that he's, he's trusting in this, like, this pole, this fence, and this rope to hold his, his you know, camel in place. So should he trust Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala or should he tie his camel? Prophet said, mm-hmm. tie your camel and trust in Allah. So we do trust Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to deal with these people and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will at the very least on, or at the very most to be honest on the day of judgment. But we still have to make our effort. You guys still have to share this video. We still have to keep you know, producing content like this. We still have to keep speaking out against people like, like Chamath and, and, and uh, very selfish individuals with no uh, level of honest morality except for themselves and probably the ones around them and the 1%. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, Saleh, you're right. And uh, why do people expect countries? 100%, bro. Waiting for a president, I, I hate to say it in a way, but I'm going to say it anyway. I don't think there's a single country right now in the world, a single nation state, that I would genuinely, ideologically, fully submit to. I don't. Because one, the only thing I will is the Sharia, and there's no country properly enacting that, uh, which is unfortunate, Rami, but this is the state of reality today. Uh, however, when you look at waiting for leaders, bro, what is that going to do? Me waiting for my leader to tell me I don't have to wear something on my face before I go outside. What is that going to do, bro? Like, all this oppression and injustice and these backward rules that are going on today that make no sense, by the way, about a lot of things. We're not going to name any names now. Um, what is that going to do, bro? Waiting for your leader to be like, okay, I'm going to, you know, what's happening to the Uyghurs isn't right. What's that going to do, bro? We already know. Allah give you the fitrah, bro. Justin Trudeau, in, uh, you know, the P- Prime Minister of Canada, uh, majority Senate, right, completely didn't act in favor of, you know, deeming China as a, as a genocide, bro. This happened. This is reality. Like, does that mean, oh, because JP said it's not right uh, or, or we should dismiss it, we should dismiss it? What type of mentality is that? Just because this Muslim leader is not doing anything about it, therefore uh, Islam stands for the oppression that's happening? What type of sick mentality is that, bro? Where is that going to get us, bro? The Prophet ﷺ, when he came to to spread Islam and spread Tawheed, bro, he turned all of Arabia upside down. Nobody agreed with him. Forget, you know, one person to it. Nobody at that initially, you know, barely. And I'm be, being figurative right now. Nobody agreed with him. Is, does that mean, you know, he should just give up? And he didn't, bro. So I saw him. Um, where's this, this, this Sunnah mentality gone, bro? Nobody has that anymore. Yeah, yeah. And this is something we need to, br- to bring back. And this is something that if we bring back to the Ummah, honestly, we will, we will honestly really start solving problems. But the issue is we are involved in, in liberalism. We are involved in the Western way of life. We are involved in, we have completely given up our beliefs, almost completely given up our beliefs, our morality, our love for religion, our love for Allah. And we've literally replaced it with Western life, Western ideology, Western thought, Western morality. And it's honestly a shame. We have our deen, we have our moral standing. We don't need to wait for the West or for 
Muslim leaders or for non-Muslim leaders to stand up and say something, especially when you have leaders that they themselves are committing these uh, heinous crimes, especially when you have someone like Justin Trudeau, who's willing to say, and this is a controversial issue, so I won't say certain things, but mm -hmm. he's willing to say that certain types of mandates are against human rights, but we're going to do it anyways. That is literally what he said. There is a conference. He said certain mm. mandates are against your human rights, but due to a loophole, we're going to do it anyways. That's yeah, exactly yeah. and that we're is. not going to go deeper into that, but I'll probably put the link in the description. But basically saying all these mandates saying, you know, that we can't do a lot of things today. Right. I know you guys know what I'm talking about. Half the world is, you know, shut down right now with all these restrictions. But um, for Canadians, if you guys don't know, we're, we're here hardest, bro. So those that are telling you you can't do this, you can't go here, you can't do this. We can't do that because it goes against the law. But we're going to do it anyway. He literally said this explicitly. So, subhanAllah, bro. Ismail writes again, what are your thoughts on brother Iskander of the Boston Celtics? Bro, mashallah, very proper brother. Uh, I believe he has 1.1 million followers on Instagram. I just checked yesterday. Oh, my God, Fide, you only care about followers. No, it's not that, bro. It's the fact that he has 1.1 million followers. And look what he's doing with this platform. Look at the amount of posts he's making about the Uyghurs. Look at the amount of posts he's making about injustice. That's what you call using your social media platform. You get what I mean? Yeah. Look at look at someone like uh, you know, Elon Musk, right? Or I'm not gonna say Elon Musk, bro, because what he's doing it still matters to him and, and he's trying to do it in his own way. But but people, you don't have to be a social justice warrior. That's not what I'm saying. You don't have to de dedicate your whole page to like just fighting for people's causes. But do something, bro. Talk about something, stand for something, bro. And I see too many people, they just have way too many followers and, and they're not doing anything about it. And when people ask them, yo, why don't you talk about this? Oh, I don't want to talk about this because I'm going to lose followers. Oh, I don't want to talk about this because what are people going to think, you know? Yeah, yeah. And you know what? It's, it's so funny and it's all a matter of perspective. And this is the problem with uh, putting things like money and fame and wealth first. Because if you had the perspective of I'm going to post it and whoever unfollows me because they don't like it, I don't want that person following me anyways. So it's actually a better thing. If you think about it, it's just cleansing the, your follower list of people who are toxic, people who are immoral, people who are obnoxious. So if you have a billion followers or 100,000 followers or something of a high caliber, or even if it's just 10 followers, to be completely honest, and you're worried about sharing certain things like the Uyghur crisis because you think people are not going to like you, it's, I would rather... I would rather have people kill me. Maybe I shouldn't use that word, but go at me and dislike me because of something I stand for that's correct morally than the people mm. like me, than to have them like me for not standing for anything at all. Because if, if yeah. people like you when you don't stand for anything, then they don't really like you because they don't, they don't have anything to like about you. They just don't as, dislike you yet. As Muslims, bro, we got to be honest. We got to be authentic. Like if I had six people, bro, I would rather have three of them love me for everything I am and three of them completely hate me. But all six of them know me very well. Then I have six people that kind of like me because when I'm around them, I change my personality. I change my my vibe just to, you know, agree with them and just to I'm kind of fake. You know, I don't have an identity. I just want to be liked by everyone. I'd rather be the former, bro. Any day. You want to read this up, bro? The, the quote from Golda Meir... When they burnt Al-Aqsa Mosque, she was, so she was so afraid the Muslim armies would come the next day. She said when they didn't come, she realized they could do anything they want. Well, subhanAllah. 
Wow. Well, it's, it's, it's very true and it's very unfortunate. And you know, I want to tell you guys a story. A story that my teacher once told me. Just so you know the strength of the Muslims. Just so you know the strength of the Ummah. There was one, and I don't, have, I don't remember the details unfortunately, but there was one Muslim woman who lived in a certain land and she was locked away in a cell in that land unjustly, unfairly. And she told the leader of the land that I'm going to write to the Khalifa. And he's going to come deal with you and he's going to set me free. The Khalifa, the leader of the Muslims at the time. She wrote a letter to him. It got to him. He told his army, we're going now. They literally left right away. They went. They went to the land. They, they, and, and when they got there, by the way, he says no one opened her, her, her cell. He said, I'm going to be the one to go and open the cell myself. That was the leader of the Muslims. He went and he opened his, her cell himself. And freed her himself. There is no Muslim leader doing that today, but we don't need them. What are, what are they going to do? They, 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 have, well, they have nothing. If they don't have integrity, they don't have deen, they have nothing. They're weak. We don't need them. Your job is to look at life through an Islamic lens. Learn what it means to be a Muslim. Look at life as a Muslim. Don't look at life as a capitalist, as a liberalist. Look at life as a Muslim. And know that with everything you see, Allah sees it as well. And Allah sees you. And Allah knows what you're thinking. And Allah knows what you're going to do. See Islam through the eyes of a Muslim. Through the eyes of the Prophet, And hold mm -hmm. on to the religion tightly. And everything you see, everything you see, catch yourself when you see it through a, a liberal lens. That no, this is okay because they say it's okay. Whatever what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says. And if you can adopt that mentality and that strength, and everyone in the ummah adopts that kind of strength, then we will finally be able to honestly stand up against injustices like this when we can put other people before our own selves. SubhanAllah, bro. Jazakallah khair, man. That should be a clip, bro, on TikTok. I know it will be, inshallah, but... <sighs> As we wrap up this podcast, unfortunately... Again, because we could go for days, bro. We could go for hours. Uh, you know, we have some new changes that I want to, you know, quickly discuss, bro. Rami, if there's nothing else on your mind. I'm good. Starting next week, guys. And this is just for the realest 86 viewers that's made it this far. All right. Next week onward. So this is effective immediately. So from Monday, we are switching up our schedule. We will no longer be uploading videos like we're uploading and going live, like we're going live. This is not, this is not to say we're not going to be uploading and we're going off YouTube and we're just going to, you know, screw off and just move to like an island and just leave civilization. That's not what we're saying. Well, what I'm saying is we are only going to be going on live 7.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. It'll no longer be noon. This is the only time zone that works for all three of us now. Because me, myself... Angel and brother Rami right here. We do not live in close proximity to the point where all three of us have aligned time zones where we can do like, you know, convenient times. Therefore, we're only going to be doing live streams at 7.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Two days a week, inshallah, from next week on, it'll be Monday and Friday. So inshallah, we're going to have two live streams a week now, not just one per week. And, you know, multiple reaction videos, inshallah, throughout the week. And that's what's going to be for the indefinite foreseeable future. 
and we'll let you guys know if there's any changes. Um, and yeah, bro, anything you want to add? No, just uh, again, share this video. Um, we're all gonna return to Allah. We're all gonna die. The leader of the communist uh, Chinese Communist Party is gonna die. I'm gonna die. You're gonna die. And at the end of the day, we're all gonna return to Allah Subhanahu wa Taala, and they're gonna be held accountable, and we're gonna be held accountable for what we did and didn't do. Just remember that, inshallah. Share the video, do your part. And at least on the Day of Judgment, you can say, Ya Allah, I shared this video so we can spread awareness. Because I couldn't do X, Y, Z myself. I mean, I mean, I mean. 100%, bro. Uh, I just want to quickly address something. Bring Angel back. I know you wrote Angel. Um, Angel, I hate, to, I hate to say it, bro. But uh, I think we should let the viewers know, right, that... We're going to change the name to the two Muslims. Just didn't work out with him. He's no longer going to be a part of the podcast. Um, no, I'm just playing, bro. That's, that's far from it. Angel, after his travels, because uh, he is he was traveling, he is now in quarantine, bro. He has to quarantine for two weeks, right? And it's kind of annoying, bro, quarantining and then streaming and you know all this, because where you're at might not have the best Wi-Fi. So don't don't be you know don't trip on that Monday just like I said Monday we start the new schedule, seven thirty p.m. Eastern Standard Time for the live stream and Friday, literally from Monday he'll be there. So inshallah don't worry about any of that. Uh, I know you know a week or two without Anhel it was crazy. I'm, I'm personally you know I'm very very disappointed, and very sad, and just heartbroken, bro, that he wasn't here. He is uh, you know the life of the party, but inshallah Monday on, he will be there. Inshallah, Ya Rab, Inshallah. Yeah, it's always a blessing having him here. It's always a lot, you know, lighter when he's here, Inshallah. Um, Alhamdulillah. And guys, I just want to say, any of you guys right now that hasn't ca hasn't caught our episode with Brother Musa Adnan, please catch that. It's and, and we're not saying this for views because if we wanted views, I'd give you something that got way more views. But our realest videos don't get the most views. It's reality, right? This was one of our realest videos, bro. The stuff we talk about in this, it's just for the average Muslim. I want everyone to just listen to this, renew this, and constantly keep this in their mind. Just embed it deep into your skull. Because when we go through things, we often forget these things. So if you're in a state right now where you feel like, okay, life is good, alhamdulillah. Money is money is good, alhamdulillah. Food is on the table, alhamdulillah. Relationships are, you know, thriving, alhamdulillah. Now's the time to watch this video. Because when things are not optimal, we usually tend to forget and go into this like stress scenario and these things don't come to the forefront. Right. So if you feel like you're not depressed, you're not anxious, you know, everything's at least a little stable right now. Please watch that video. Share with your loved ones. And inshallah, until next time, bro. Until next time, Allahumma atina fid dunya hasana wa fid akhirati hasana wa kina adab nar. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Walaikum salam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. And you are right, bro. Canada is something else, bro. I still don't know why I'm here, bro. Subhanallah. But, uh, We'll see, bro. We'll see where life takes us, inshallah. Assalamu alaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh.